encouragement. I've been thinking through why this is still going on, why I'm not getting away from this topic. And I'm realizing that sometimes in church, and especially in Hope Fellowship, where we have spent so much time in teaching doctrine, important doctrine, comparing incorrect thinking with right thinking, uh, taking a look at uh, one way of understanding Scripture and comparing it to another way of understanding it and letting the Holy Spirit tell you which one's true, um, we've not taken a lot of time just to encourage you, to build you up. Just random, joyful, hey... You know, how are you doing? And here's, here's some words from the scriptures that will speak to what you're walking through today. So, uh, the last two weeks, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of positive feedback. It's like, wow, you got that out of that? Well, okay, who's speaking? <laughs> you know, it's just kind of fun to watch the Holy Spirit make stuff jump off the page, off the screen, have certain verses permeate your heart. And even as I was preparing last night, and even this morning, this uh, some new stuff that I just not, I'd never seen this before. Uh, you'll see it at the end if I get done, which I should. Um, but it, it, we need encouragement more than we know. With all the negativity of our world, with all the bad news of a newspaper, and if you read the paper daily, you know, you're, you're getting a lot of input, a lot of negative input, and a couple of nice stories, isn't that sweet? But you're usually getting the, the bad news of here's what's happening, the economy, you know, and then you get some more good news, the Jays won yesterday, and it was an awesome, awesome, awesome ninth inning, you know, stuff like that, the good news. And then you have bad news of, of deaths, of crashes of boats capsizing in the ocean, of people trying to escape poverty and persecution. It can be dampening. It can be, where, where's my hope? Where, where am I going to find some encouragement? So today I want to speak to your mind. I want to speak to your soul. Because it matters what we put into our bodies. It matters completely. We may not want to believe this. We may see something like this, love your body with foods that feed your body and soul, and we go, la, 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 I like my happy food. I don't want to listen to this because this goes against the discipline of the crap I'm putting into my body right now. Guess what? When we're talking about the holistic body of Christ, I'm talking about you as an individual as well. Body, soul, spirit. We need to take care of all three. Now, I've got some good news about one of them. Your spirit is good. It is so good. And you can't add to good. You can't add to perfection. So when somebody says, i got to feed my spirit, what are you going to feed your spirit? Really? What can you possibly feed your spirit? Your spirit is one with the life of Christ. You've got all the nutrients you need. You lack nothing. You have the complete righteousness and holiness of Christ God in you. What can you add to your spirit? Nothing. You don't have to feed your spirit. Well, then what do we feed? Well, you feed your soul and mind. You feed your body physically. And what you put in comes out. Always. I don't mean in the technical <laughs> medical term. <laughs> uh, I was referring to the <laughs> Kevin, what did you give me to drink? So <laughs> I'm talking about the nutrients. I'm talking about your life patterns, your choices. And believe me, I am not speaking to you as one who has arrived. Clearly, I still have not 
Like I'm, I'm just not there. And even though somebody may have a good body, so to speak, that does not mean they're healthy. And somebody who does not have a good body in a world's perspective does not mean they have an unhealthy body. We're not about judging that. I am talking about your personal journey, not just food. And today's, not message, today's message is not about the food intake. But I want to touch on that for a minute to say it does matter. Because it matters how your soul, your mind, will, and emotions function when your body is functioning right. When you have the right nutrients in, it's worth going to see your doctor and get a blood test or a nutritionist and find out where are you at, what are you missing, what vitamins are you missing. It's good to do that. It's like going to a counselor to find out how you're doing mentally. Uh, for couples, go see a counselor. Even when things are good, find out how things are. Don't wait till oh, crap, we're in trouble. Now go? Well, come on. That's why you go for checkups to the doctor annually or uh, however you're supposed to. Same thing with nutrition. And regularly with your soul. What you put in matters. The nutrients affect how your soul can function. Because your activity of the soul comes out through your body. And if you're not thinking straight because you've got too many things in there that are clogging up the neurons that are connecting and your correct thinking and all that stuff only because of diet, your diet may need to change. And I've talked to a lot of people the last two years and watching different people hit diet changes that I... It's like, really? Like, how many people here have gluten issues? Holy smokes, if you don't know anything about the gluten issues, you wouldn't understand how meals suck, you know? Uh, poor Jen, like, I'm just going to pick on her because I hear often the journey of having one little bit of gluten messes up for, I don't know, how many days? Three, five days? Three weeks from one little thing of gluten. And it really messes you up. But those of us who have no problem with that, oh, it's terrible. It is terrible. This is where we need to learn to take it seriously when people say, I've got this issue. I've got to watch my diet. I've got to watch the MSG. I've, I've got to stop eating so much of this and I've got to eat more of this. What you put in matters. Feed the person you want to be. So, let me suggest this. And this is, I'm bringing this to a, a solical purpose. What you put in your body, you'll end up, and how you take care of your body, will produce a certain result. Same thing with your soul, of how you think, where your mind goes, how you perceive the world, how you perceive God. We need to feed truth into us, so that the lies we believe culturally and socially are put away and replaced with truth. We have some misunderstandings of who we think God is. So, today... I want to encourage you to not go at this alone. This is not about doing things alone. And sometimes it's easier because if we do our thing alone, then we, have, we can do whatever we want. Nobody gets to see all the, the hiccups. And we want to protect ourselves. And the more we protect ourselves, the less help we have when things go wrong. I encourage people here, especially if you're new, get to know people. Get to know people so that as you get to know people, when crisis comes, you now have a network. You can't just come and instantly expect a network and be instantly plugged in. It's about relationships. They're the ones who are going to hear you're having a hard time. I had, I had somebody uh, tell me this week, you know, uh, I was doing a, a funeral service for um, 
a family they didn't want their pastor <laughs> because he didn't visit and it's his job to know to come he's supposed to know I'm having a hard time really? <laughs> well I'm biting my tongue this is not the time to correct you <laughs> you know I have to speak love and care into them but expectations of people are very very powerful my job is not to know what you're going through and read your mind it's our friends and our connections and as I hear what's going on that's how I know what's going on through talking through quick phone calls emails just short wonderful sometimes longer coffees that's how we get to know each other. We've got to do this thing alone. This grace journey is not to be done independently. We need each other. Whether you like it or not, true grace pulls us together, not separates us into little camps. This one's pretty cool. Ecclesiastes 4. Why am I working like a dog? Is what this section is called. I turned my head and saw yet another wisp of smoke on its way to nothingness. A solitary person completely alone, no children, no family, no friends, yet working obsessively late into the night, compulsively greedy for more and more, never bothering to ask, why am I working like a dog? Never having any fun? And who cares? More smoke. Bad business. Hmm. Have you ever stopped to think why you work? Now, you need to work. There's no room for laziness, and not everybody can work. Some people are looking for jobs. They're, they want to work. But there are some people that are completely obsessed with just working, 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 working. Why? Oh, for tomorrow, for the next week. We're not talking about work ethic. We're talking about self-centered and a one-way trip to an alone life where there isn't connection. What is your purpose in life? Do you know why you work? Do you work to give? Do you work to get? Because in God's economy, we are to work to give and then get. Give and get. And when we get, we give. When we get, we give. And back and forth and back and forth. That is the economy that God has set up for this world. And not every culture has figured that out. Many cultures take, take, take advantage. Take, take, take. Those who have jobs and some running to food banks and should have no business being there just because it's free. <laughs> I'll get further ahead and now I can go do this other thing. It's just wrong. You work for what? You need to think about these things. Let's keep going. This is really good. It's better to have a partner than to go it alone. Share the work. Share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. Sucks to be you. Yep. Don't do this alone. That's why Paul, when he said, and, and sometimes this is used as a club by a lot of ministers, as a way to guilt you back into church. You've got to keep coming to church. It's not about coming to church. It's about don't give up meeting together because it's for your good. Find ways to do it. Sometimes it looks like church. Other times it's a small group. Other times it's a coffee. Other times it's a movie night. Other times it's going to a ball game. Fixing a car. Helping somebody mow their lawn and clean it all up. That is working together. That is staying in touch and having spiritual conversations. Do you even have spiritual conversations with people? 
Or is that kind of, you just kind of talk about baseball, the weather, and sports, whatever you got going on in your job, everything but God, because, well, it's kind of a, you know, that's, that's heading another level. That level is what you're destined for. It's that level that you begin to grow and begin to talk through where is this God we say we believe in, the one we say we're, we're connected to, which connects us to each other. What about that? Do we just, la, 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 I'm not dealing with that one. No, not today, not enough time. You've been created for this. That's what the church is for, to have safe places to have these conversations. Not to do it alone. Two in the bed, warm each other. Alone, you shiver all night. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. The third is for... If you had to wonder that, I had to explain it. This is the New Living Translation. Each sentence is a thought. Got it? Good. So, when you're going through life, see, that's a separate thought, okay? One thought, move on to the next. This is connected to this. See the verse 12. All right. At least you're, at least you're real. You can tell the culture we live in. Anyway. There is. <laughs> Zoom, zooming back in. The alone part, are you getting it? You're not called to do life alone. For one, you never can because you're one with Christ. But He is also one with your brothers and sisters. And we are called to do it together. This can be very powerful. I hope something hits you from this today. From James chapter 5. Meanwhile, friends, wait patiently for the master's arrival. You see farmers do this all the time, waiting for their valuable crops to mature, patiently letting the rain do its slow but sure work. Be patient like that. Stay steady and strong. The master could arrive at any time. Friends don't complain. Oh, we'll get to that in a minute. This patient part. We're in a culture of speed and faster and faster and faster and faster. We move from internet speeds that used to be dialed up. And now we go, like that's just getting faster. And then internet speed of dial up. And then you have high speed at like two MPBUS is whatever they call that thing. And now it's at six, six or 12 or some of them are at 75 or 100. Like these are huge numbers of speed, faster and faster and faster. We're not patient. Why doesn't that pop come out of that machine fast enough? I want that chocolate bar now. I want it faster. It's unplugged. So... <laughs> Seriously, we're, we're wired for it way too fast and do not get patience. Every farmer understands patience because they understand thinking further down the road instead of the immediate. They think if I plant this now, create the soil ready now, in months from now, then these things will happen. But our world and our culture and the current generation only sees this right in front of them. 
They don't think ahead. They don't think of the consequences down the road. They don't think of planning and saving. They don't think of investing. They don't think of saving. It's time to grow up. Learn from those who've gone before us. And then it says, friends, don't complain about each other. A far greater complaint could be lodged against you. You know, the judge is standing just around the corner. Man, it's sometimes fun to complain. So, oh, yeah, you should have heard what they said. What's well, nothing? You should have heard what they said after that. You know, and on and on it goes, and we complain and quit. Quit the complaining. You speak darkness into other people with your tongue when you complain. Stop. It does you no good. Because when you complain, something strange happens. Your voice comes out, and guess what? You get to hear your own voice back in. Vicious cycle. And you start to feed your mind. And what you feed your mind, you feed your soul. You live out what you believe. Careful with your tongue. Take the old prophets as your mentors. They put up with anything. They went through everything and never once quit. All the time honoring God. That does not mean they didn't bicker and complain along the way. There's room for that. There's room for that authenticity. So why is this happening to me? That's okay. That's being real. But they didn't live there. They didn't stay in that bickering. They didn't stay in that darkness. They experienced their human condition. What a gift life is to those who stay the course. You've heard, of course, of Job's staying power, and you know how God brought it all together for him in the end. That's because God cares. God cares right down to the last detail. He's for you, not against you. There is tremendous value in getting to know, get to know those who are older than you, or those who have gone through things you have not gone through. I find those who have gone through hardly any crises, they're the, they're the ones that tend not to understand any kind of pain and suffering. And they're the ones who are going to need help from those who have suffered. Get to know those. Hear the stories. Go for coffee. We don't need to have a whole bunch of programs. We need to have each of us go know each other, go meet each other, and get to know hearts. Let the Holy Spirit guide and direct the stuff that's going to happen. We don't have to create it. That's programming. That's institutional church. I want to be an organic one where the Holy Spirit naturally moves in and through us, inspiring groups of people by His command to go do stuff that inspires them. Pastor, I think we should have a special study on this particular topic. What's well, wonderful. How about you go do it? No, we thought you would be the one that would do that. We thought it was a good idea, but you do the work. No, I will not do that. If God inspired you, you do it. See if people respond. If they don't, oh well. Move on to the next one. Don't be discouraged. Keep going. But look for others. Get to know those who are more mature. Those who have demonstrated good faith and good discipline. Demonstrated it. Trustworthy. Known for their spiritual firm foundation. They're locked in. Get to know those people. So you can become like them. Because out of them oozes the love of Christ in a profound way. And that's contagious. We don't do enough mentoring. We don't do enough encouraging. We need to. Just let that hit your heart. 
And since you know that he cares, let your language show it. Don't add words like, I swear to God, to your own words. Don't show your impatience by concocting oaths to hurry up God. Dear God, I promise, I promise, I swear to you, I'll do this if you'll just do that. And you do your little deals. Anybody, anybody ever do that? Okay. Yeah, don't do that. Just say yes or no. Just say what is true. That way your language can't be used against you. I feel like if I ever get called to court, I have to swear in the Bible, I have to open up to James chapter 4, whatever it is, 5, say, see, it says not to do that. And you're making me do it in court. Really? Don't swear in the Bible. My yes is yes. My no is no. If you want to get snarky, that is. But anyway. <laughs> Sometimes certain boats are not worth rocking. Are you hurting? Pray. Do you feel great? Sing! Are you sick? Call the church leaders together to pray and anoint you with oil in the name of the Master. Believing prayer will heal you. And Jesus will put you on your feet. And if you have sinned, you'll be forgiven, healed inside and out. But I thought the pastor's supposed to know that I'm sick. Guess what? It's not up to the church leaders to go to you, pray over you, and anoint you with oil. It's your job, by your faith, to call them, and then they come to you. Your job, not the church's job. It's all there. Hello? You wouldn't believe the expectations people have. And I, I warn new people that come, says, you know what, you better lower your expectations <laughs> when you come here. You know, that way they'll be met, you know. Uh, well, otherwise, you come in with your religious baggage from the other church. Or you come with your ex what you think church should be from what you grew up with because you haven't been to church for a long time. You just don't know. Well, let's just figure it out as we're here. Let's drop the expectations. Let's not assume. But if you're hurting... Pray. What? That's almost an instruction. Yes, it is. Doesn't prayer do anything? Of course it does. It allows your soul to have a direct connection with your spirit and the living Father at the same time. You get to experience it. And he invites you into a journey of participating with it. Now, it may look like by praying you see this result and you think, oh, my prayer did that. You know what? The Father knew what he was doing. He invited you into the process. Who cares what it looks like? And the result is good. We don't have to overanalyze it. Prayer works. Do you feel great? Sing. Enjoy. Have a great time. If you're sick, call the church leaders. Go to your doctor, too. That, you know, it's kind of important. Make this your common practice. Uh-oh. Here comes the squirm. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Let's have a sharing time right now. <laughs> Let's not. One church took this so literally, and I, uh, 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 my house was not too far from this church at one point, and, uh, in Barrie, and... Uh, uh, a person confessed of a uh, legal swindling he did at work. By the time the service was over, the police were at the door. There's got to be wisdom in this, okay? When it says confess your sins one to another, I want to explain.
explain something. This is not about begging for forgiveness from God. It says, confess your sins to who? One another. It doesn't say to Jesus. Confess your sins one to another. Because here's how I think it can look. A healthy picture of confessing your sins one to another. If you have a good buddy you trust, who's also on a spiritual journey with you, okay? Safe. It's in that context that you begin to share, hey, I'm struggling with this pattern in my life that is really unhealthy. Because if I blurt it to a whole group of people during sharing time, everybody's going to misjudge you, and you don't have that connection, it's really dumb. Don't do that, ever. But in the context of trust and an existing relationship, which is why you need relationships, why you shouldn't do this thing alone, in that context, you then are able to confess, to agree with God, to affirm this is not a pattern that I've been created to do. Lord, help me to find strength to tell my friend so that he can encourage me and help me break free of this pattern in my life I don't like. You've put this person in my life. I'm going to entrust these secrets to this person so that I can become free of this. That's where this kind of comes. This is where the confessing comes. So that we build each other up. I've seen friends call each other. I've, I've had conversations with guys who say, yeah, I've got a good friend of mine. He'll text me at 1 a.m. because he knows that's the pattern where I start to drink because I'm alone and my mind goes crazy. And so he texts me. He says, hey, stay clean, bro. Go to bed early. You know, just that, that, that caring text. Or, hey, get off the computer. Stop doing this. Hey, uh, look at this verse. This is the encouraging verse. And boom, you send a, an encouraging verse because you have that relationship. And they mean the best for you. And months later, the other person needed some encouragement. And that person was an encouragement to them because trust had been built. This is called the body of Christ, the church. Not the institution, the people. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. When somebody encourages another person out of sin, their body is being healed as well. So is their soul. And it affects the whole body. The whole body. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Elijah, for instance, human, just like us, prayed hard that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't. Not a drop for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would rain, and it did. The showers came, and everything started growing again. God inspired that prayer in Elijah. That's why he prayed for that. So don't do that prayer for people you don't like. God, over that farm, I pray you don't let it rain. But in mine, definitely just let it come as needed, you know, no problem. But over there, no. That's not what we're talking about. You know that. My dear friends, this is the most important part of this text. My dear friends, if you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. Go after them. How many times have I been guilty of, I've given all the advice I possibly can, I'm tired. I'm not going to help them now. I'm, you know what? They don't listen to my advice anyway. I've tried and tried and tried. Wow. 
then maybe God will raise somebody else up in the body of Christ to go after that person if you're exhausted. I don't know. But if we see people wandering off, go after them. Be the encouragement. Everybody matters. Every soul matters. Every person is loved. Go after them. Your act may be the win for their soul. Get them back. And you'll have rescued precious lives from destruction and prevented an epidemic epidemic of wandering away from God. I don't think we understand spiritual warfare. I don't think we understand the power of encouragement. I don't think we love each other the way we think we do. And only the Holy Spirit can inspire you. But if this message encourages your mind to be open and say, maybe I need to look at some of those people in my life that need this encouragement because I've seen people make big mistakes. And that has led to a domino effect of many mistakes. If we could just have been a voice and push hard enough. Nah. Game's on at one o'clock. I'll just talk to my church and then, oh, gotta go by. Dinner's cooking on the stove. We don't want to talk. Let the Holy Spirit be the one to tell your heart who it is you are to go after. Not just with a style you may have seen or heard about, but your way. The unique gift He's given you. Sometimes there'll be a tough love call. Sometimes there'll be a just love them along the way. Be their support. Non-judgmental support. And yet, when the time comes to speak, you speak the truth as Christ tells you to, and you'll know the time when it comes. That's called living by the Spirit. Not by the agenda. Oh, I'm going to win this person back. It's not your job to win them back. Your job is to love them. Go after them. Hmm. Lastly, this one hit me this morning. This, is my, this could be my new funeral text. What a great way to end a message, eh? <laughs> On a dead note. <laughs> Listen carefully. This is really, really good. This is a wake-up call for you and I. I don't ever remember seeing this before. I've read it many times, because I've read through my Bible, because Bible college you have to, and through certain courses you have to read the whole thing. <laughs> I saw it, I read it. You know, whatever. But listen, Ecclesiastes 12. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your Creator. Honor Him in your youth before you grow old and say, Life's not pleasant anymore. Remember him before the light of the sun, moon, and stars is dim in your old eyes. And rain clouds continually darken your sky. Remember him before your legs, the guards of your house, start to tremble. Before your shoulders, the strong men stoop. Remember him before your teeth, your few remaining servants stop grinding. I love that. That's really cool. And before your eyes, the women looking through the windows see dimly. You're getting older, people. Did you know that? Did you know no one gets out alive? Remember him before the door to life's opportunities 
is closed and the sound of work fades. Now you rise at the first chirping of the birds and then all their sounds will grow faint. Remember him before you become fearful of falling and worry about danger in the streets. Before your hair turns white like an almond tree in bloom and you drag along without energy like a dying grasshopper and the caperberry no longer inspires sexual desire. <laughs> Some of you are going to go home and look that up. I know it. <laughs> Just saying. Remember him before you near the grave, your everlasting home, when the mourners will weep at your funeral. You're dying, but right now you're living. Don't forget your creator. Last one. Yes, remember your creator now, while you're young, before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well, for then the dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Today you make the change. Not tomorrow. You may not see tomorrow. Today you remember Oh, during a couple of weeks. Oh, let me get through the stage of life. No, today remember. Today get your priorities right. Ask the Holy Spirit to renew your mind. What is it, Father, you want to renew in my mind? And it's going to be different for every single person. There isn't a to-do list. What has he put on your heart that he wants to change to allow the exterior more, to, to reflect more and more like him? You're already made in his image, but he wants it to come out in your soul. Christ is in you and he wants out. In action, in words, in deed, in behavior, in passion, in love. He wants to love others through you. That was a cool text I'd never seen before. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please be the urgency in our soul today. Not self-made up, not self-propelling, okay, dear God, now, 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 I try, I try, I try. But be the passion, be the inspiration, be the power to do it, and be the success of this journey you've put us all on. Inspire each person here today with what it is you want renewed today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.